Welcome, welcome to this installment of Flute Stories. I'm Karen Kevra, and I'm delighted to be your guide to play for you and to tell you the stories behind the music written for the most beloved woodwind instrument of all. This first episode of Flute Stories begins with what I think is safe to say is the most important piece of solo flute music ever written. No, not that one. Same composer, different piece. I'm talking about Claude Debussy's Syrinx. This piece gave rise to an avalanche of pieces for solo flute, which continues to this day. And flute players feel a certain pride of ownership about Syrinx. It's a special little musical gem and other instruments have embraced it too. Do a quick YouTube search and you'll find performances by trumpet, clarinet, saxophone, bassoon, violin, even double bass. It's worth noting that the last truly memorable piece for solo flute prior to C-Rinx was C.P.E. Bach's Unaccompanied Sonata in A minor, which was written way back in 1747, more than 150 years before Syrinx. Syrinx was written in 1912, when Debussy was a well-established composer and an incredibly busy one at that. He was 50 years old at the time, so not really an old guy, but then again, he didn't live an especially long life. He died six years after that at the age of 56. Let's give this piece some historical context. 1912 was the year that Woodrow Wilson was elected president in the United States, and that was right around the time of the sinking of the Titanic, and two years before World War I started. On a happier note, this was also around the time of the opening of Fenway Park, the home of the Boston Red Sox. The way that the piece came to be was that Debussy was asked by a good friend, Gabriel Moray, to write music for a play he had written called Psyche, which was based on Greek mythology. And it turns out this was really good timing because Debussy was going through a kind of Greek mythology phase right then. The little piece that became known as Syrinx was the musical setting of a poem from the play and a rather long descriptive and racy one. It stars Pan, the half goat, half man creature that we associate with Pan pipes and a couple of wood nymphs. The poem is all starry skies, sultry nighttime fragrances, flowing wine, and dancing in bare feet. My favorite line from the poem describes rolling on a bed of red hyacinths. Although this piece is played with quite a lot of freedom, it's worth noting that it is both metered and barred. It's mainly in 3-4 time, or waltz time, and that really speaks to the dance quality of the music. We all like catchy tunes. Repetition is what makes music memorable, and there's quite a lot of it in Syrinx. The opening motive, the kind of skeleton of the tune, is made up of three descending whole tones which are strung together with grace notes. If you remove those ornaments and simply play the three notes, a familiar children's tune emerges. 
and toward the end of the piece you hear it as a series of swirls and triplet groups like a whirlpool in a forest stream. Debussy's friend Mouret may not have expected this piece to be the enduring and beloved gem that has stood the test of time, but he did really like it. He was so pleased that he described it as a veritable jewel of restrained emotion, sadness, plastic beauty, discreet tenderness, and poetry. This has been Flute Stories, an offshoot of the Muse Mentors podcast. To hear more, go to musementors.com.